Hi, this is Jim Kelly. Welcome to the Free Reads podcast, which I am releasing under a Creative Commons license. You're free to listen to the podcast, download it to your MP3 player of choice, and share it with your friends. I would ask that if you like what you hear, you leave a little something in my PayPal account. Today, we begin a three-part serialization of my one-act play, Breakaway Back Down. Back in February, it was produced by the New Hampshire Theatre Project at the West End Studio Theatre in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It was directed by my friend Genevieve Achel, who you will remember from the podcast of Men Are Trouble, and it stars Lisa Richardson. I adapted Breakaway Back Down from the story of the same name, which first appeared in Asimov's science fiction magazine back in June of 1996. Because this is a play, there is no narration, duh. It was written in the expectation that you could see what Lisa was doing as she prowls around the stage. I've tried to layer in some sound effects to help you get the sense of what is going on, but since you're going to have to build the stage in your mind, let me give you a few construction tips. Here are my notes which appear at the start of the script. The setting. A bedroom in the year 2041. It is brightly lit. There is a bed and a set of shelves. On the topmost shelf are jars of beauty supplies and pill bottles. Beneath it are clothes. The bottom shelves are filled with shoes. Near the shelves is a full-length mirror. There is a window and a door. A few silk plants are scattered around the room. As the lights come up, Cleo enters the bedroom. She is waiting to be picked up for a party and is dressed in an evening dress. She looks at her watch impatiently, displays herself in the mirror. She takes off her high heels, pulls out another pair, examines them, and then rejects them. And now... Breakaway Back Down by James Patrick Kelly. Performed by Lisa Richardson. No messages. You know, in space, nobody wears shoes. Uh, new temps wear slippers. They make the soles out of that ad- that adhesive polymer uh, grip right, grip tight. Uh, sounds like paper ripping when they lift their feet. <laughs> uh, temps that have been up a while, they uh, wear this glove thing that grips around the toes and uh, breakaways the ones who have left Earth for good, uh, they go barefoot. They can't really walk in space. So they've reinvented their feet so they can pick up spoons and screwdrivers and stuff. It's hard because you lose fine motor control when you're weightless. I had... have this friend Elena who could make a krill and tomato sandwich with her feet. (laughs) Except she had that operation that changes your big toe into a thumb. (laughs) I used to kid her that uh, maybe breakaways are moving down the evolutionary ladder, not jumping off of it. I mean, are we people or chimps? (laughs) Elena would just uh, scratch her armpits and hoot. (laughs) Maybe you don't think of breakaways as having a sense of humor, but, you know, they're people after all. They're just not like any people you know. (laughs) Uh, For instance, uh, Elena was so limber she could... 
bite her own toenails. <laughs> There's the problem. <laughs> it's too bright in here. It's uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, and it's as bright in here as noon in Khartoum. <laughs> Come on, Cleo. Have a little respect for the night. Better. You know, lots of people think about going into space, but you'd be surprised how few actually apply. Much less break away from the Earth. <laughs> Death rate scares them, I guess. Didn't bother me. Of course, you don't need any special skills. Uh, you can convince them you're serious, they can pretty much find something for you to do. They trained me, and I was a nobody, a business major. <laughs> I spent almost 15 months at the Victor Foxtrot station, and still I could never figure out whether I loved or hated it. Still can't. <laughs> so how could I even think about becoming a breakaway? It's also loose up there, okay? It, it makes you come unstuck. Where are they? You have no messages. Okay. First thing that happens is you get space sick. For a week, your insides are so scrambled. You're trying to digest your lunch with your brain and write memos with your stomach. Your face puffs up so you can't find yourself in the mirror anymore and your sinuses fill with cotton candy and you're fighting a daily hair mutiny. <laughs> and I, I might have backed down right away if it hadn't been for uh, Elena. <laughs> then, when you're totally miserable and empty and disoriented, you sort things out again and you realize... It's all magic. Some astro fairy has enchanted you. Your body is as light as a whisper, as free as air. I'll tell you, the most amazing thing about weightlessness, it doesn't go away. You keep falling down, up, sideways, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you might bump into something every once in a while, but you never, ever come crashing into the ground. Oh, it's extremely sexy. <laughs> Although, it does take getting some used to. <laughs> I used to have dreams about gravity. I mean, because down here, you have a whole planet hugging you. But in space, it's not only you that's enchanted. <laughs> it's all your stuff, too. <laughs> For instance... You put that brush down, it stays. You know, it doesn't decide to drift across the room, out the window, and visit Elena in B-Deck. <laughs> I had this pin. Uh, it was my mother's uh, silver dove with a diamond eye. It, somehow, it escaped from a locked jewelry box. Turned up two months later in a dish of butterscotch pudding. <laughs> Nearly broke Jack Pitzer's tooth. <laughs> You get a lot of pudding in space, oatmeal, stew, sticky stuff. It's easier to eat. Besides, you can't taste much more of salt and sweet anyway. Wait. Am I babbling? God. I am babbling. <laughs> it, it must be the Zentadone. The, uh, the woman at the personality store said it was supposed to be a kind of icebreaker with a, you know, a flirty edge. Like, like Panatol, only more sincere. 
Should I take normalizers to get rid of it? Right. Good idea. <laughs> I'm no addict. And uh, imprinting is just a bunch of pro-brain propaganda. Artificial selves are temporary. Period. The pill wears off, it goes away, and you're your plain old vanilla self again. And there's bushels of studies that say so. <laughs> it's just... I haven't been out in a while. Not since I backed down, really. So I just wanted to take a little vacation from Cleo. You know? Be someone fun. Daring. You know? Maybe just for tonight, or... Maybe the whole weekend, I don't know. <laughs> I'll come home to my old self again, don't worry. Only not anytime soon. get used to walking in spikes, actually. I mean, I'm not gonna run a marathon or climb the Matterhorn. <laughs> Elena has all these theories as to why she thinks men think spikes are sexy. <laughs> she says they're a kind of short-term body mod. <laughs> they stress the leg muscles, which make you appear tense, which would lead most men to assume that you're in need of a serious screwing. And they push your ass out like you're making the world an offer. <laughs> but more importantly is that while you're teetering around in heels, it tells a guy that if he chases you, you're not going to get very far. <laughs> so spike heels not only say you're vulnerable, they say you've chosen to be vulnerable. Of course, it's not quite the same in zero gravity. You have no messages. She was my mentor, Elena. She, uh, <laughs> she was assigned to teach me how to live in space. I was an agricultural technician, ag tech, worked as a germ wrangler in the Edens. Okay, maybe you think you stick a seed in some dirt, add some water, some sunlight, wait a couple months, some other nature hands you a head of lettuce. <laughs> doesn't work that way. Especially not in space. <laughs> the Edens are synergistic symbiotic ecologies. Your carbohydrate crops, your vitamin crops, your protein crops, you know, they're all fussy about neighborhood germs. You don't keep your cloistridia and your rhizobium in balance. Your Edens are gonna rot. To compost. Stinky, slimy compost. It's, it's important work. It's also duller than accounting. <laughs> I actually, it wouldn't have been so bad if we could have talked on the job. But the carbon dioxide in the Edens is kept about 6%, which is you know, it's great for plants, but it'll kill you if you're not wearing a breather. <laughs> Elena painted this big smile on mine. It had about 800 teeth in it. <laughs> she... She had lips on hers, puckered, looked like she was ready to be kissed. And Alpha Ralpha, the chicken man, had this plastic beak. Only sometimes we switched. Confused the hell out of the nature lovers. Actually, you know, it wouldn't have been so bad if we could have kept the rest of the crew out. But the Edens are built for recreation as well as for food production. <laughs> On the Victor Foxtrot, we had to have sign-ups between 800 and 1600. See, the uh, the Edens are these 
wide open spaces, and they're kept eight degrees warmer than the crew deck, and they're lit you know, 20 hours a day by grow lights and you know solar mirrors, and they've got these big windows. So crew floats around, sucking up the view, soaking in the photons, you know, communing with the life force, you know, shredding the foliage, and, and in general, <laughs> getting in our way. Breakaways are the worst. <laughs> okay. They actually adopt plants as if they were pets. Is that crazy or what? I mean, okay. a, a tomato plant has a lifespan of three, maybe four months, you know, before it gets too leggy and stops bearing. I, you know, I've actually seen grown men cry because Elena's pulled up their favorite marigold. Now all my plants are silk. Jim here. There will be more ruminations about Choose in Space next week on Free Reads. See you then.